Project. Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place where you can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. We are your host. I am Pastor David. We got James. Hey, hey. We got Brother Calvin. What's going on? And we got a special guest today. We got Jason, Pastor Jason King from Colorado, right? Colorado, yeah. Colorado. Great to be here with you guys. Very cool. Very good. So how's the weather up there right now? It's great. Actually, today I think it's in the 60s. Nice. So, yeah. Actually, a few weeks ago, actually a couple weeks ago, we were warmer than you guys were down here, actually. Mm, well, yeah. <laughs> we were pretty cold a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. In the single digits. Yeah. So, we don't handle yeah. the single digits very well. Right, right, right. So, man. Mm-hmm. What part of Colorado? We're in a, a suburb of Denver called Arvada. It's west of Denver. On okay. your way up the mountains, I seventy. We you're gonna you're gonna drive right through us. That's where we are. Very cool. I've uh, been through Denver. My aunt lives up there, so we we spent some time up there yeah, in Red yeah. Rock and some different yeah, areas. Yeah, like we're that. pretty close to Red Rocks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a beautiful place. Beautiful mm-hmm. place. And I was supposed to go. I have a bucket list of going and seeing a show at Red Rocks at some right. point in my life, and I had tickets. So I guess I technically still have tickets to a show mm-hmm. from last July. Uh, I was supposed to go to. Obviously, it got canceled. Yeah. So I still haven't gone. But who was so, you? Who was you going to see? This is this band called Revolution? It's like a reggae rock band. James, how old are you? I'm a solid 27 right 27, now. 27. He's got his bucket list going. I'm I'm, right? I'm 43. I haven't even started. I mean, started I don't have yet. like an actual <laughs> list. Yeah, you need one. But there's a handful of things that every time it comes up, you're like, yeah, I got to do that one of <laughs> yeah, these days. Yeah, like, yeah. So that was one of the things. Go see a show at Red Rock. So supposedly the show got rescheduled to like this July, but I haven't heard any updates on that. But well, do we, when you come we'll out see. there, come come see us. I'd great. love to. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. Be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. So man, we've been having a really good time at this the convocation so far that yeah. this uh this year we've had some just a really anointed speaking uh speakers going on. Mm-hmm. Randy Caldwell just blew our ears out this morning. Um he's just always just you know he he sees the scripture from a, d- a different perspective. And um I love hearing guys that you could take the same the same scripture and then see it from a different perspective and then open your eyes up to a little bit something new. Yeah, absolutely. One of the uh, the amazing things about our convocation every year, there's you know nobody gets together and says, well, hey, this is what the theme is, this is what we're going to talk about. But it always happens that every message somehow there's this undercurrent that God has just basically orchestrated, and that is definitely evident with all the messages that have been that have been preached so far. You know the the undercurrent of of change and embracing change that God is bringing about change, getting us out of our normal, uh, you know, whether, whether it's, you know, Travis Moffitt brought, uh, the, the deception of the day, you know, and, and, and you guys and Randy and everybody has just been change is, it's not coming. It's here. That's right. Right. That's right. And, uh, we, we need to, to embrace it and be prepared for it. Yeah, it's a good word because so many times the church is um, playing catch up. Right. You know, we, we you know historically we're always playing catch up. We're we're letting the world get out in front of us, and then we go, okay, we need to change and we need to catch up to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a good word for a lot of these pastors and missionaries and evangelists to be able to take back with them and, and just really. Be out in front of some stuff sometimes, you know. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. When, when the church gets out in front of it, we're going to be able to manage it a whole lot better than playing catch up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, even when you hear even uh, through scriptures, when the disciples that you had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you had the flow. They were they were always on the edge of what God was doing. 
So there was never there was never the settling of of this is what God has always done. They were always chasing the re- like the, the fresh revelation of what God this is what you're doing. This is who you're reaching. Then they left Jerusalem. They start going to the Gentiles, and they then they it, it was always this forward movement. And and I've said often, there's never. The kingdom of God doesn't have a reverse. There's not a reverse gear in the kingdom of God. It's always forward moving. And that God is a God that's always one of the birth new things because, because think about the generation of people. So everything that reaches this generation is going, it's, it, the gospel, the message never, never changes, ever does. But the methods and how we interact and even how we communicate and how we respond are, are all about we have to be sensitive to that, and that's why Paul he stands and he says, "Hey, you know, this is the the uh, the idol, the unknown God." Let, let me just tell you, actually, who that is. Hey, you're using where they're coming from to point them to the solution that they're actually really all looking for, for the most part. So, it, it's part of it. It's fresh. It's new. We have to stay in step with Him. But that's what makes following God exciting. It's yes. just it's always great, man. For sure. Just a couple of years ago, you had never seen a blue jean jacket on the stage, right? Right. Yeah. right. And now everybody <laughs> yeah. has one, right? Everybody. I- you gotta get me a blue jean jacket. You gotta get you one. Let's jump right into <laughs> Culture Corner. I did that. <laughs> so I was playing around a garage band and I was just like, let me see what I can do. The old DJ King D over here, you know? There's <laughs> a message I just preached a, a few months, about last month or something. Anyways, James, what you got for us today? Oh, yeah, what did I get? Um, I got this. Okay. There was a flight in the Middle East, and it got taken down. This sounds horrible, the way I'm wording this. It got emergency landed because there was a stray cat that got on the plane that they didn't know about. Was it a Persian cat? No, it was just like a regular house cat. Okay. Uh, and it started attacking the pilot. And then it, <laughs> for and real. For real. And so, and it kind of just got loose on the plane, and it was causing so much trouble, they had to land the plane. To take the cat off before they uh, could continue. Wow. And uh, nobody would claim the cat. So they decided that the cat probably uh, just snuck on the night before when the plane was parked there before they took off and then, you know, woke up or whatever when they were at cruising altitude and freaked out. Uh, but it could have just been anybody's cat and didn't want to claim it because, you know, it was attacking the pilot and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be too. Wow. But, yeah, but my thing was it was just a regular cat. I was waiting for him to say it was some kind of... Bobcat, something, or you know, whatever the big cats are around there, but it was just a regular cat, and these hmm. people couldn't handle it. Well, I mean, I they mean, say I pound for pound, the house cat is the like the most deadly animal it? in the world. Well, I mean, I, I guess just, when you're flying a plane, like, you know, you're you're occupied. I feel like obviously <laughs> your hands are full. But it was a full plane of I don't. It didn't say the number of passengers. You're telling me one cat versus forty. Yeah. We'll say forty people. Forty right, people right. couldn't get that cat. Yeah, you or, couldn't grab it and, and shove it and in just the suitcase hold it down, somewhere. Nobody. Well, the <laughs> cat had to lay in the plane. It's not like I'm cooking breakfast and I got to shoe my cat. I'm flying a 747. <laughs> yeah, but, you know? but it said it got loose and like all the passengers were like fighting with it too. Oh man! Somebody so, throw a blanket over it. You know, so it turns out something. one cat can do it. Apparently, wow. Wow. 
He can bring down a whole jetliner. Well, Come on. Hey, I'm telling you, don't let nobody know that. They're going to be sneaking cats and planes. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's a new tactic. <laughs> the new terrorists are just bringing cats everywhere. Wow. Oh, that's horrible. That's, Dude, good. that's funny. That anyway, is, that, that was a story. Hilarious. That was interesting. That's great. Well, pilots, they're going to have to have, like, now the new like, policy and procedure is going to be like cat training or something yeah. like that. They can't fly until they go to this new training. Yeah, they got to yeah. keep catnip on board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Bomb sniffing dogs. You got cat sniffing yeah, dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That is funny. All right, I got a uh, a story. This uh, Jeremiah Johnson called himself a prophet, and um, he declared that President Donald Trump would win the reelection in 2020. Mm-hmm. And because he was wrong, he says, "I'm done with ministry." He said, "I'm going to do right since I miss God. Uh, I'm out." And uh, I think he's been. In, Maybe a little bit hard on himself. You know, we get things wrong here and now. But he was one of those guys, one of the first ones out that says Trump's going to win. Hang in there. No matter what, God is going to pull through all these different things. And he's just saying now, uh, since he, all this is going on, uh, he was right in the middle of a uh, a, uh, a YouTube series called um, uh, Much More Prayer. I was wrong. It was kind of a, a him apologizing to everybody, and then he said that's just not enough apologizing. Um, that he was going to just release his ministry until further notice, where he can just kind of bow out for now. He sounds like a guy that just needs to calm down, just relax a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that America, especially, is forgiving. You know, and I know that we got a forgiving God, but at the same time, he was pretty dogmatic about it. Um, so what's your guys' opinion on I mean, that? even before he was wrong, like, why you got to be yelling, Donald Trump's going to win? Because, yeah. like, My relaxed. thought is, if you come out and you say, thus says the Lord, yeah, and the Lord didn't that's, say, that's true. then you need, to, you need to maybe take a back seat for a minute or two. Now, if he just said, hey, I think Donald Trump's going to win it, I know he's going to win it. I mean, he would have won it if Joe hadn't stole the election, right? I Oh, you hit me with the... Oh, yeah. I can't believe it. Was sad. He was waiting for the applause, uh, bro. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, so it, it depends on, I guess, how he approached it. If he said, thus says the Lord, then obviously he got some wires crossed. He was on the wrong phone or something because, yeah. uh, you know, that's dangerous. Yeah. You know, that's very dangerous. Yeah, he and he, he admits it. He said, I... I Part of his purpose of stepping back, because he, he, he wants to evaluate, like, man, I really thought this. And he, he does seem to be humble about it. Um, I, did, I didn't see where he was stepping away as far as, like, I'm out forever. I think it was for a season right. because he really wants a season of evaluation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and I respect that, and I think that's, that's actually probably a, a good posture mm-hmm. because he wants to honor the ministry of the Lord. He wants to honor his position as a, as a Christian leader. And that when you do, I mean, it's kind of, it's either it happens or it doesn't. When you say the Lord has told me this is what's going to happen, then it doesn't happen. It's not like, oh, hey, my bad. Anyway, I think God's going to do this now. You've lost some credibility. And so he wants to step back and say, hey, I just want to, I want to submit some things to the Lord and allow him to evaluate my heart. I respect that. I think that's prob- that's a posture that a lot of these other guys probably should take. Yeah. Um, now Jeremiah Johnson, he's a pretty he's he's got a pretty loud voice. But I will say this: if I don't know if you follow a little bit of him, but when he immediately said, "Listen, I I was wrong," he received incredible hate mail from the Christian community. Wow. He received death threats. They said he was a coward. They said actually the Lord did speak, and now you are basically you are a coward because you're going back on what God said. And he's and he and 
So he was like, he was communicating about this where, man, I, I just, I'm being humble. I'm saying I missed it. My bad. Like, I really, I missed it. And Is I, this the people that, like, think Trump secretly still yes, the president? Yes. Uh, yeah, no, that, that, yeah, they, they think Trump is still somehow going to be president. Uh-huh. They really attacked Jeremiah Johnson. And so the whole details of it, I think he's probably stepping back, probably give his family a little chill break because mm-hmm. they really went after him pretty hard. Yeah. Christians did. Yeah. Christians really went after him. And he was like, man, this is really... Uh, I'm just going to step back. And so I, I think it's probably the right posture. Um, but I agree with you, James. I think it's a little dangerous. Sounds like people to, just to, need to, to, to take to, it yeah, down. Yeah, to, to step out front and say, thus says the Lord, this is what's going to happen. That's great. But the point is this, the kingdom of God still moves forward gotcha. with or without Donald Trump. Right. So for me, uh, that's what I'm focused on. But man. Yeah, I think we're in the age now that pastors and missionaries and evangelists, they should take more breaks. You know, there, there should be some times where they sit down, and uh, a lot of a lot of pastors don't want to give that pulpit up for for a season. You know, and I think it's healthy if we just sit down and, and recharge, let the yeah, Lord speak yeah. to us, and come out with new vision and. Uh, stuff like that. So. Pastor David, I think your wife would agree with you. What was that book? It was like, I can't remember the year, but it was like 1980 or whatever. It said, you know, 80 reasons God's uh, coming back in 1980 yeah. or whatever the year was. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. didn't happen. He said, 81 reasons he's coming back in 81. Yeah, yeah. At least he wasn't like that about it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a lot of prophetic guys on YouTube saying Donald Trump was going to do this or do that. And then they, they always had like back doors yeah, in, yeah. in their state. Like Donald Trump's going to win, but in case he don't, we're going to open this back door and let yeah. you out, you know, yeah. or let themselves out. So uh, Jeremiah Johnson's been an upstanding guy for as long as I've been, you know, uh, following him, and uh, I've never seen anything, you know, in the news t- this type of stuff. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we we've seen some ugly stuff from a lot of Christian leaders here in the last f- five years. So, and I've never seen anything like that from him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, for sure. well, and it, it shows some character. You know, if you're if you're willing to put it out there and you've got to be willing to say, well, I really thought this, you know, I'm not just trying to sell a book like 80 mm-hmm. reasons why God is coming <laughs> yeah. back in 1980. Mm-hmm. Now I need some self-reflection because if I genuinely thought this, if I genuinely felt like God spoke to me and what I said didn't come to pass, then I need to really evaluate what's going on in my heart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's a very respectable position to be able to to step back uh, versus, oh, well, you know, I was just kidding, you know, or my bad or whatever. You know, I mean, you got to take I meant, that. I meant Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the I, people I right now, they're like, no, 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 I was right. He's secretly president. Yeah. And this is a. Yeah. 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 I, I think from a ministry standpoint, too, if you, if uh, the prophetic ministry is your thing, I think it's important, especially in New Testament, that you can have, you can have a, uh, you can be wrong. It doesn't make you a wrong. You can give a wrong prophetic word, and it doesn't make you a false prophet. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's and and that's what people confuse. They they they're 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 taking the office of the prophet from the Old Testament and bringing it to the qualifications to the gift of prophecy in the New Testament, which they're actually separate. They're separate. They're different. And so, um, it, you know, it's it's it just what he's wrong doesn't mean mean he's a false prophet. Right. Um, so good. Anyway. Very good. Yeah. All right, let's check out the song, Danny Goki, New Day. Wake up and breathing deeper than yesterday. Take on the morning like your soul's been remade. Roll down the windows, let your cares fly away. Good things. 
James is not really into the pop music, but I like the pop music. I respect music. pop music. Yeah, you respect it, but it's not something you're going to turn on. Sometimes I'm in the mood for uh, some yeah. pop music. I listen to everything. So Danny Gokey, American Idol? I didn't know about Danny Gokey, though. No, I don't know who he is. Danny, uh, American Idol. He was doing, like, rock music or something on Idol, right? When I just remember flames and stuff coming up out of the stage, and he had a, like, electric guitar or something. <laughs> Sounds uh, like Idol. <laughs> but he's doing some pop music now, so yeah. it's got a good sound. Good sound, good clean sound. That's what I respect about pop music. It always has a real good clean yeah. sound. The production and there's a right. That's, yeah, that's tough to achieve. But most of the people that uh, talk trash about pop music or whatever could not make a good pop track if you paid them all yeah. the money in the world. So yeah, I'll respect that. That's why you see people like Drake. You know, they're saying that he's one of the best ever or whatever. Uh, it's it's not about lyrics and stuff, but. Whoever Drake has behind him and producing his music, yeah, they are really, really good. Yeah. You know, the, the 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 his sound is just one of those things that just is, sounds good to your ears. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Doubt. No doubt. So, all right, let's get off Drake. Get everybody on. <laughs> let's talk about there. Drake, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Exactly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I got you. Pastor Jason King, man, thanks for stopping by. Um, Happy just, to be here, man. I tell you. Um, the two messages that you preached so far, just the contrast between, we were talking about that in the sound booth, the contrast between you and Randy is just so different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found myself locked in when you was preaching Absolutely. these last two and uh, it's relevant for what we're doing today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, man, I love I love Randy. I've known him for years. Yeah, and, us um, too. You know, he's, he's a great guy. He's different. But that's why you have different gifts in the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, Randy might be the adrenaline gland. I don't know, maybe he's his <laughs> adrenaline gland. Body cries out, Absolutely. You know. But God uses him. There's a prophetic, yeah. you know, voice to him. Uh, and for me, you know, my ministry, I, I, I want to be practical. I want to I want to know. I want people to walk away with something that's going to evaluate deeply in their heart, that the Holy Spirit can lead them through their own journey in these things. And um, and, and that's, that's what I think the Word of God does. It's always speaking. It's always ministering. And so many times, you know, I'll, I'll preach a message. So they'll say, Pastor, that word was anointed. My response is, it's because it's the Bible. Mm-hmm. The Bible's always anointed. The Bible's always inspired. The Bible is always sharper than a two-edged sword. The Bible's always speaking to us where we are that day, regardless of where you read in the Bible, God's going to use it in your life. And so um, that's how I approach teaching of the Bible. I, I, yeah, there are some things I think God will, I want you to speak about this specifically but it's never speak about topic and use scripture to support it. Speak about the scripture and allow the scripture to speak into the hearts of my people. Yeah. And so that's kind of my how I approach it. And you can't go wrong that that's way. Right. Right? That's right. That's right. I'm I'm a topic preacher. Yeah. And uh, I can get it wrong sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because of interpretation and stuff like that. But when you do it the way you do it, it's hard to get it wrong. Yeah. yeah well, I think when you preach the text, and I, I'll preach topics too. You know, there uh, there was an old saying that someone said, "Hey, listen, if 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 you are preaching, if you're a text person, that's what you do. You walk through, and a and a yellow canary flies in your sanctuary, and you don't say anything about it." 
you, you, you're not a very good communicator because you need to say, hey, time out, there's a yellow canary. So, yeah, things happen in the world, and you need to say, hey, listen, we were going to be in this today, but actually we need to talk about this that's happening. What is God saying? Yeah. But I think when you preach text, you, uh, you, you, from, a, from a preacher's standpoint, at the end of your message, you're not running through the, the, the mental games of, hey, did it connect? Hey, did people receive it? Did they respond to it? You're asking the question, God, did I honor your text? That's if good. that answer is yes, then I'm confident. and I don't have to worry about anything. Um, so knowing a little bit of your background coming out of International Bible College, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a lot of David Cook in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when you listen to uh, Pastor Cook, uh, yeah. preach and stuff like that he, you get a, a lot of the same feel yeah yeah, yeah. there's no doubt david cook has had the single most influence on my preaching than anybody um there's the uh this is what david cook would would say when he prepares for a message and it's he's boiled homiletics down to one word what so he'll say okay what what's the text okay that that's what it is now so what what does that mean and now now what? So it's what, mm. so what, now what? Mm. And that's kind of how I, 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 I move through the yeah. text. And I mean, that's David Cook to you. He's always got a clever little thing that yeah. helps you remember it. But, but the point is, okay, God, I, because truly my opinion is really irrelevant. Mm-hmm. What the word of God says, that's what really matters because I'm fallible. It's not. Yeah. So therefore we want to know, we want to hold to the text. Right. Awesome. So you um, you've done a lot of things, right? And you you've led worship at Promise Keepers. I mean, that was that had to be a lot of fun. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah it was a great season in my life, being able to be a part of that, and was able to sing. Uh, one point, this is my one thing. I was able to sing the altar song for Franklin Graham when uh, people came forward to for an altar call, and that was like. It wasn't Billy, but Franklin will do, you know. Right. <laughs> Explain to the, the listeners what Promise Keepers is. Yeah, well, Promise Keepers for many years was a, a men's movement. And uh, it actually started out of Denver, Colorado um, by a guy named Coach McCartney. And really just with the, with the idea that men would be promise keepers. So if you promised to take care of your family, you would. If you promised to be faithful to your wife, you would. If you promised to love your wife, you would. And so this became a, a real movement that that moved the hearts of men really across the nation and even internationally for men to step up and be the men of God that God's called them to be. And so, we, I mean, stadiums, 50, 60,000. And uh, over the years, it, it dwindled down. Um, the last year I did it, we were running around 20,000 at, at different events. But um, Only 20,000. That's, that's dwindled yeah. down. But, Big deal. Right. But that's what it, that's what it is. And um, and I think there was a, it's, it's made some shifts over the years since I was involved in it. But it was incredible was an incredible ministry. I'm not too aware of what it's doing now, but uh, it's, it's actually been very instrumental in a lot of men's lives over, over the course of, uh, of their life. I remember at altar calls, man, they, guys would be throwing, you know, their cigarettes up on the stage. and <laughs> I mean, one guy threw this book. We had all of his, all of his girlfriends that weren't his wife up there. I mean, I mean guys were weeping, repenting, and recommitting their lives to Jesus. It was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. And I'll tell you what, there's no greater sound than for a stadium full of men to sing together with one voice. It's just like this warrior rumble that just puts goosebumps on you. It's, it's incredible. I, so I was really honored to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. We went, We've been to the Promise Keepers a couple of times with, through our church. Um, but I know what you're saying. When we could do our, our men's you know, retreat or whatever, and there's like 60 or 100 of us, and you know, it, it doesn't always sound the best, 
but it feels right. That's right, man. That's right. That's right. It it feels great. It feels great. Uh, So what is the experience of um, leading worship, being the worship leader in front of 50,000 people? Um, It's incredibly humbling. um, And it's, uh, you know, I think as you grow in a gift, um, in the true story, the year I was, they asked me to do it. I was part of, I was co-leading and, um, and I just, I, I was, I was so out of my league. I was like, man, I, I don't belong here. These musicians are, they're, they're Nashville musicians. They're, they're, uh, they're session musicians. And I just, I don't belong here. Like I'm a church boy. That's what I do. I, I, you know, I, I preach here and lead worship here. And I was absolutely freaked out the first night. And we did rehearsals up for like a week straight in Miami. And then we had our first event there. And I remember um, I called my wife. I said, babe, I, I don't, I don't, I don't belong here. I am not at these, these guys level. And her, her response as a good wife was, you're right. You don't, but God has you there. And so you need to obey him. That's awesome. And so it's like, okay, you're right. I better do this. And so it's, but as soon as I stepped out, as soon as I started leading, I felt the anointing of the Holy spirit and uh, by his grace, he met me there. So, and I did that for four years and it, it's incredible. Honestly, incredible to be a part of that right that's a way better feeling to have than the opposite of these guys don't deserve to have me here <laughs> that's I, what randy would it's say it's a good thing i'm here <laughs> yeah. otherwise these guys right know, yeah. probably better to be on the yeah. other side of that. yeah yeah well if you think about everybody that god's used in scripture yeah none of them felt qualified no none of them yeah we have uh different speakers come here for different events and the ones that i love they show up and they're like, okay, Pastor David, I'm here to serve you. Mm-hmm. How, how can we serve you? How can we serve your church? And when I hear that, it's just like so refreshing instead of, hey, uh, where can I bring my team in? And, and, you know, can you reserve me 15 seats? And can somebody park my car? And, and that hotel that you got me, uh, can we stay over by the gallery? You had people tell you that? Well, you would hear wow. the stories over the years that's of some funny. of the people that we brought in here for different convocations and stuff. Oh, you know? that's funny. Yeah, so, um, and then when you get those servants, the true servants, and, yeah. and we can hear it in your, the, your yeah. posture and, yeah. and, and your voice, and that you're just a true servant of God. PK7. Yeah. PK7, holy cow. Yeah, yeah. I did a little bit of research, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us about PK7, modern worship, I guess it was at yeah. that yeah, that that was that was the launch of a new era for Promise Keepers, where they moved from a um, a big kind of um, more of a, a vocal led to more of a band led, and so that's what that was the first year we called PK Seven. So there's seven us seven of us in the band, and so we it was more of like just a worship worship band. Actually, what modern worship would be in churches, they needed to make that shift back in I don't know what year that was oh five oh six somewhere in there, maybe oh seven I can't remember, but that's what it was. It's a, it was the same thing. We worked actually. We were we were uh, we worked for Integrity Music, but um, PK used us, and so we were called PK Seven. Yeah, that's what it is. It's it was just it was the revamp of the worship for Promise Keepers. That's okay. what that what that means. So, you know, you was talking about it in your message, uh, and y'all jump in anytime. I got plenty of questions, but uh, you were talking about it in your in your in your message, and we talked about it a little bit. How how as a church do we stay relevant how do, how do how do we continue to move forward and, and stay out in in the lead other than always trying to, to catch up with a new fresh vision and and i know you, you 
it's got to be God's mission yeah. and God's vision. That's yeah. what you was telling us. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but it's hard, especially as an established churches across America that might be 30, 40, 50, 100 years old, yeah. uh, to have that shift to be relevant for, for, for the, the children. Yeah, I think I think the, the greatest thing you can do, like for me, so I'm leading a church that's had uh, two pastors um, over the year. I'm the third pastor. We're 50 years old. And on and in and every ministry, there are things that people become emotionally attached to. In other words, they it moves their emotions, and they call that the anointing. And it doesn't mean it's the anointing. It just means God God's speaking to them, ministering to them, because it, it, it reminds them of something, and it moves them. Um, talk about physical things. I, physical things could be style, could be could be a suit on the on the uh, behind the pulpit versus a jean jacket, or well, you know, I, I you know I can't really really mm-hmm. um, a uh, classroom uh, or whatever. Yeah, it could, it could be Sunday school, mm-hmm. Sunday school classes could be different types of of teaching, and so um, I think everything for a pastor it's about asking God, all right, hey Lord, what, what do you want us to do every year, God? What do you want us to do this year? And when you have that freedom, now it's hard, but when you have that freedom to ask those questions, you then begin to get the inspired voice of God to what's next. So, um, so as you, so like I started leading this church, we had on Sunday morning, we had, I don't know, like eight different Sunday schools going on. Um, well, one, as a pastor, you're a shepherd and you need to know, hey, what, what's being taught in these classes? And as we lean into them, it was like, what, why, why has there been a Sunday school class going on for 20 years that's, that's dedicated solely to prophecy? What's the purpose of prophecy? The prophecy is to motivate us to be greater evangelists. It's, it's, it's to put an urgency in our hearts to reach more people and to serve more people because as you watch prophecy, you can see, wow, God's really, he's ticking these boxes off and fulfilling things. Instead, the class was about just learning more things about things that no one really could conclude on. There's no purpose in that. And so what happens is we, you know, some of these things can become uh, a church within a church. And so, and so a lot of these different aspects, uh, so we made a decision, we were going to pull back all Sunday school classes. And we did. We just, we, we're not doing Sunday school for right now. And then we reinstituted and one adult Sunday school class that was led by my executive pastor and uh, and our other and our ministry team to then so now because we got to be moving the same direction like unity is so powerful if we are in unity you are you are in line to receive the blessing of God if if there's all these different things going on it just becomes a little strange so when you're leading and people are emotionally attached to things like we had. Uh, I'll give you some examples. We had uh, we would take communion. We had these little doily things that people put on the tables that that you know sister so and so made twenty years ago. Why do we have those doilies on there? Because they're holy, they're, right? Because this is so, holy. We, have, we right. have a dove, right? So so it's kind of like well, sister so and so. Well, yeah, okay, we're not going to use them anymore. Yeah, but she'll be offended. Well, did she give them to Jesus, or did she give them so she could see them? Like what? And so we're just, hey, sister, so and so, we're not going to be doing the doilies anymore, and we're not, we're going to change this, and we're going to, we're going to swap this out. Why? Because uh, one part of being relevant is just not being weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I, it's it's as simple as I, I think. And so I, hey, we want to be relevant to our community. Okay, all right, let, we're not going to be weird anymore. We're not going to do that. So now for me, and I, I'm not criticizing anybody who does this, and I'll just be real with y'all. I said, hey, no more shofars. We're not doing a shofar in service. Well, why not? Well, because 
If, if, if the guy across the street says, you know what, man, I need Jesus in my life, he walks in and a dude holds up a ram's horn and starts blowing it next to his ear, it, is, is that serving him? So, so in, those, in those situations, I ask the question, who should be more mature? The person blowing the ram's horn who's been doing it for 20 years or the person who doesn't know Jesus? Did y'all have a problem with that? Yeah, how many how many show parts did you have? So we, we just had a couple. We just had a couple. So, so I was thinking he was going to say like a dozen like, or so. No, no, seven people. No one show parts. No, but but another thing. More show parts. And so you know we had and, and again you, every every ministry there's context, but again uh, we're not doing flags. If you want to wave flags during worship, you can come during rehearsal, wave the heck out of your flag. <laughs> during service, we're not waving flags. Why? Because. Tell me a 24-year-old or a 30-year-old family that just has their first kid and thinks, you know what, man, we want Jesus at the center of our lives. What does a flag have to do with them having Jesus at the center of their lives? If it could be distracting to them, it's going to go. So we just started started making these decisions. I told every one of my staff leaders, here's our first job. Get the weird out of your ministry. Get it out. And so we just decided that's what we're going to do. And let's be, let's be true to the gospel of Jesus. Let's be true to making disciples. If, if you can make a disciple without a flag, then get rid of the flag. If you can make a disciple without, without uh, you know, uh, whatever weird thing you got going on, get it out. Let's, let's stay true. Let's remove these distractions so that we can be pure to what God's called us to do. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying, but for us, it was necessary to move us forward to then begin to grow, reach new families, be, be more relevant. So I really think the greatest way to be relevant is just stop being weird. So <laughs> you the, that should be on a shirt or something. Right. We're going to have to print that up. Well, well Austin stop is totally weird. different. It's like, stay weird. Yeah, right? keep, keep, keep it weird. weird. Um, so for, for the leaders out there that are maybe like you, that they've, they've walked in a new church and there's, there's a lot of things that's been going on for a, a lot of years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about it in your message today that we, you have to have the tough conversations, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, speak to their life right now. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I think I, the tough conversations are conversations like this. Hey, listen, I know you've been doing this ministry for so many years, but, um, I just really sense that God, um, that there's your season, your season is up. And so um, I want to help you transition well. I want to honor you. Um, but I, I, I just sense that season is up. What, what do you think? Or I sense the season is up. But we, let's, let's just pray over the next month together what God's speaking to you. Um, and then you invite them in the process. But ultimately, the, the, the pastor is responsible for, um, for positioning those to lead certain groups that will serve that group the best. And one of the areas I challenge often in people's churches is just because they're related to you does not mean that they are anointed to do that task. And we have to separate some of those things. Now, they may be anointed. Great. You should yeah, then then do it. But don't 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 assume because someone's related to you that God has called them to do that particular ministry. Again, put it all on the table, and if the Lord gives you the head nod, on a person who's related to you, then praise God. I believe God works in families. He, it, I, I believe that. But he doesn't always call someone to ministry just because they're in the family. And I think we just have, we have to be open to have these difficult, tough conversations. And, uh, you know, if, if staff's been there a long time and there's been shifts in their life and they just don't, there's just a, a weirdness in, in uh, your staff meeting and you got to lean into it. Hey, what's going on? I, I'm just... 
I just want to make sure we're on the same page. I just want to make sure we're walking forward because ultimately it's not about them being happy. It's about the church moving forward and its mission and humility. And so um, it, it, I, it's hard. It's tough. And, uh, but you, you got to do it. For, it's, it's really uh, you, you have to humble yourself to have these difficult conversations because they're not easy. They're right. not easy. And, and in your experience on those, uh, just for the leaders to know, most of the time, it, went, it was tough, but it went well, and people kind of fell in line, or you know, did a lot of people leave the church and the ministries? Yeah. You know, so, so well, yeah, yeah, me, go ahead. Let me just interject because I have a feeling that a lot of those people that had been, you know, you said your church is fifty years old. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been doing it for, you know, forty years or yeah, whatever. Yeah. That maybe they were ready. They were feeling the a lot of them are now. Yeah. But there's nobody to take this over, so I just can't let it go. I just can't let yeah. it die. But I'm so tired, and and da 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 da. And really, when you have those tough conversations, because you're willing to, not because you want to avoid it, but because right. you're willing to, you really set them free. Yeah. To do yeah. what God has maybe called them to Absolutely. do. Their their season has ended. Yeah. And time to go into yeah. another season. Yeah, and there, there are times that they will agree, and then there uh, right away. And then there were times that they will agree later, yeah. right? So it, it it just depends on that. Like for us as a as a as a church, we have two hundred seventy three full time employees, and so part of it is we have our we have our church staff, we have a school staff, and we have a daycare staff. So how how you approach each one of those is different. For me, that ministry staff piece is these are the people I want same heart, same spirit, same same similar anointing that we complement each other. That uh, because we got a mission to do and we got to get after it, and so these conversations are necessary for leadership. And some people are better at them than others. Um, some people because they feel uncomfortable instead of coming across more gentle, they come across more harsh. You know, <laughs> and you got to work on that. And you have to you need someone in your life to help coach you through how do I approach this conversation with so and so. And and you just you as a leader you got to work on it. But yeah, those conversations are necessary. And with when they are done out of honor to the Lord and to the ministry, God will honor it. It's they're not easy. You have to die to yourself. You have to die to your flesh, um, and you gotta you just gotta honor God through that. And it's tough, and it, it really is tough. I mean, my my wife worked. She was uh, she was my assistant at some point in in ministry when I was a youth pastor, and uh, and we. You know, listen, we're in sync and she's like, I suck at this, man. You, know, you need to. <laughs> I'm like, amen. Yes, you do. Come on. Let's <laughs> and so we just move on. It, when we when I started leading, I, I asked her to lead the women's ministry for a season because we needed to make them some some significant changes. And I didn't want other people to take the heat for the changes we were going to have to make. And I knew she could do it. It wasn't a long term thing, but it was a season. So she stepped in, made the changes, set some things uh, got rid of some things, set some things in the right direction so that we could then turn it over to somebody who can then build and, and walk out their ministry in that in the women's ministry. And it worked beautifully. But you just kinda know the the, the temperature and the and the yeah, what you're what you're called to do. So right. the, the ministry staff, volunteer ministry staff. That's where I was going next. I know you said paid staff, because that's a little bit easier conversation, a yeah. tougher conversation to have was well, we pay you so there's some expectations, right? Mm-hmm. But what about the volunteers that volunteer for the Sunday school or the volunteers that, okay, look, we're not going to do your Sunday school no more. Yeah. Same conversation. Same conversation. Yeah. It, it has to be because when, when you have something in your church that can hinder someone from coming to your church, 
you need to get it out of your church, regardless if it's volunteer or staff. If something is hindering the growth of the church, the growth meaning new people coming to Jesus, new families coming and being in your ministry to be a part, um, if something is there that keeps them. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about like basic things. I'm, not ta- I'm just talking about just those little kind of odd, weird things. Um, you, 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 you gotta, you, you gotta speak to it. You have to, you may lose that volunteer. You may lose their family. The issue within church is like every volunteer and every staff person is attached to this whole group of people, yeah. but you got to do it out of graciousness and kindness and communicate. And, um, you gotta, you know, there, there's one, I, you know, I had to go back and say, Hey, listen, I, I could have handled that differently. And I'm sorry. Like I, I really meant it. And I'm sorry. And, and God restored that and conflict handled correctly can produce a deeper relationship, and uh, it's just it's just having to do that, and, right. and just you just got to do it. Just hearing you, you can tell that these conversations come out of a genuine heart. That you can sit with somebody and share your vision, you know, and and bring them on board with what you're doing. Maybe not all the time, right. but a genuine conversation. Other than going, yeah, we're not doing flags no more. Right. Yeah, sorry. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. weird. It's out. Yeah, yeah. you're you're yeah. out of here. Move to Austin, <laughs> right. okay? Because right. uh, yeah, but a genuine conversation to say, you Way know, we want to. You see that family over there? They need Jesus. Yeah. And when they come here and they're very uncomfortable because this flag keeps smacking them in right. the face every right. time you wave it. Right. You know, they're uncomfortable. They're not going to come and be a part of this family. Right. If. Right. If your weirdness is right. still going on, yeah. and you can tell that that's a genuine, it's a genuine heart pull, uh, versus you know just you're, you're out of here, yeah. buddy. You know <laughs> you're fired. No. You know it's no. it's a a genuine conversation. Yeah, because you're still re- I, like as a pastor, I'm still responsible. Absolutely. for them. Mm-hmm. I'm still responsible, and it could be creating a space for them. So for us, hey, we'd love for you to come during rehearsal. Because, you know, when the, when the band's running through things on Sunday morning before church starts, from this is your time. Come in and pray over the sanctuary and, you know, blow the shofar and wave the flag. That's awesome. That's great because they, there's, to them, that's, that's, that's what God's called them to do. But when church starts, let's do this. And, and you, you have to explain the vision. You're right. You have to explain. This is, this is the why. If you don't give the why, then it just sounds like a demand. Well, no, no, this is the why, and this is my heart, and... And I don't want I don't want you to say you're I don't want you to think you're not valuable. What you're doing is not valuable. But our greater vision is to be a place that we can uh, the spectrum of the people we reach is as wide as possible. Um, we don't compromise message. We don't compromise teaching. We don't. But we do. We want to be very protective of the fringe things that would not make any sense to someone walking in. Yeah. So. And I think that, like you said, when in your words, you got to remove the weirdness. Yeah. I think when you remove a lot of those clutter stuff you you open your your church up for volunteers that can move into the stuff that you're you're, you're pushing for that's right. right that's right um so how do you do it um as far as explaining your mission so as as the church in america we have the the, the greater mission right to go out and serve the community and mm-hmm. win souls and all those things but the mission for your church do you have yearly missions visions those type of things that you share to your church yearly that this is the focus that you're going to have um, and then how do you do that? Do you do a four-week series of explaining those things, or is this something that you do throughout the year? Yeah, so <clears throat> it depends if there are some years that there's a really strong word from the Lord, this is what I want to do for this year. 
There's some years that there's not. So um, when it's not, we ju- we just keep moving forward with, with what we're called to do. And so for us, we boil down everything we do is around these three areas: that that the save will be lost, and that the uh, sorry, <laughs> the loss will be saved, <laughs> the loss will be saved, and the saved will be equipped. And that everyone that comes in contact with any area of our ministry would experience the presence of God. We want we want people to know that God is a God who's to be experienced. But it's just those three things, lost or saved, saved or equipped, and that everyone experiences the presence of God. So those are the three areas we go after. Every service, every meeting, everything we do, do we give opportunity for the lost to be saved? Do we give opportunity for the saved to be equipped? Do we give opportunity for people, for the Holy Spirit to to impact their life and transform them and touch them and heal them and do whatever he wants to do in their life. And so that's, those are those three things. So we keep that at the forefront. So like, you know, the, for 2020, there are, our, uh, our theme was to, to reinvent, to reinvent for, uh, for the year before that, the theme, uh, let's see the theme was, I think rediscovering family. So this year we're going to rediscover what it means to be a church family. So we, we did a bunch of different things around gatherings, around, uh, you know, marriages around. So this it's this year is the year of intentional relationship because of COVID. A lot of relational things broke down. So we want to be very intentional and in how we for our marriages. We want to offer resources for them for our parenting. We want to offer resources and conferences for them and for um, for our own staff. They've been challenged to build relationships with people in the church they normally wouldn't hang out with. So this is part of okay, let's get after it. So it's just one of those things, and they're like these little minor things, but. Um, they give intention, and that's what we do. I, it's it's to yet to this day, I haven't stepped into a year, and they've been like, "This is this is the year of you know this blah 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 blah." I just that's just not how God speaks to me. So we just we take it one year at a time and intentionally keep following Him. How right. do you uh, how do you keep from? So this year we did this, or 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 last year. Now you're married to these things that you put into place uh, at the, you know, at the end of the year, do you mm-hmm. guys sit down and say, well, okay, now we effectively did this. Now, now we're having a new meeting of what's going on this year. And here's some of the things that we're going to, how do you keep yourself from getting married to that same Sunday school class that you installed for this purpose? Yeah. You know, running we, 25 years, everything we start, we put time limits on it. Okay. Everything. 12 months. 12 months. This months, this whatever. fall, these this is the Sunday school we are doing. Got you. And then you just, you, that's what we do. For and, small groups, we do small groups in seasons, which isn't our idea, our idea, but it's helped us. Because the worst thing you can do is get, tell people to get in a small group, and they get a small group, and they're like, I don't like this small group. And then it feels like, I'm here forever. So, we, hey, listen, eight weeks, that's it. If you can join a small group for eight weeks, in, eight weeks out, you're done. And then you can sign up again for another one at the next sign up. So everything we do, we put time limits on it so that over time things will sort out and people will connect to people they need to connect to. And we'll, we won't have uh, the demand for, but I thought we were doing this forever. No, no, we, we were just doing it for the fall. It was awesome, wasn't it? It was great. Yeah, praise God. Next, next fall, God's going to do something great. That's yeah, that's great. good. Yeah, that, that is good because if you look at it, you know, I I come from corporate America, and mm-hmm. and one of the things is is don't bring something in the warehouse that's going to sit, right? right? Right. So it's the same thing that I think if we do with the church, and we're constantly moving people from one class to another, they're not getting that same every week the same thing. But we're we're they're moving to the next step, moving to the next step. The discipleship is going on. They're building, uh, and they're not just sitting around getting stale. They're not getting 
there's not a dust on the book, yeah. right? I like that also because uh, it seems like it would help avoid like what you were describing about uh, you know somebody's been doing the thing for forty years and it's just you know they're tired of doing it or whatever, but they don't feel like you know it's the same thing that's been going on. Yeah. If you have a time limit on it, you can say, hey, can you do this thing for the church for eight months or whatever? I think it'd be also a lot easier for people to commit to doing it too. Yeah, especially sure. like leaders and volunteers. Especially, yeah. everything's yeah. easier to do if you can see the finish line. That's right. Yeah, know? that's right. Yeah. yeah, it helps. It helps. Yeah, I'd, around here it's like, hey, you think uh, you might be able to teach a Sunday school class forever? Yeah. This was you know years <laughs> yeah, ago, yeah. and you're like, yeah, sure, I can step in on a Sunday, and then you're there the next Sunday and the next Sunday, and where's then, the relief? Then you're old and gray. <laughs> you're like. I've been teaching this Sunday school <laughs> for 75 years. Yeah. Well, you know, we had ministries that started off as like young adults, and then it, yeah. the same class they never stopped, the and it just changed yeah. the name to old adults, yeah. you know, right. because the right. same people were right. there. They just got old. Yeah. yeah, and here's the great thing about, like, established churches. There are pros and cons of established churches. You have the pro of established people, faithful yeah. people. I mean, people who've grown with God and walk with God. The cons are you have to be more creative on how you move them along the, the system or the structure while bringing in yeah. new ones. And that's, that's just part of, it. and it's hard. I mean, it's not always easy. It's hard. And, uh, but yeah, that's part of it. But I think having a time expiration on, on everything that you do will prevent that harder conversation later on yeah. of yes. having to tell sister so-and-so or brother, what's his name that his Sunday school is, no longer valid or no longer needed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But both sides, right? Because then they can opt right. out. They say, hey, man, you know, I did it for, you know, these eight weeks. Right. Not my thing. I'd love to serve it in another area. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Well, it helps. You're exactly right. It helps them serve in the church in areas that you feel like their strength is. And so that that way, it, it just helps. It just serves sure, people. Because our, our job is to help people walk in their gifting. And so it gives them the chance to do that. What does your worship service look like? Well, worship service, we usually run about an hour 15, hour 20, depending on how long the preacher goes. But uh, uh, it's it's full of life. We want it to be life-giving. We want it to be um, full of joy, full of passion. And so as people come in, it's 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 a great uh, – we, we, we have a beautiful auditorium that God has gifted us with and 2,700 seats, and which has been really helpful through COVID. Yeah. Praise God for that So because people have been able to spread out. But – we come in, we have a kickoff video, we have our worship um, pastors, Nathan Walker, who's a great guy, he's from Beaumont, Texas, and uh, he's uh, he just killing it. And so our, our worship team is just very lively, full of life. We, we do worship for about 20, 25-ish minutes, depending on what we sense God is doing. We then move from there, I moved, my, I moved offering from right after, I come up right after worship into offering. And we, because it's a part of our worship to God, so I, I talk about it for a moment, and then we give people as we continue to worship to make their way and, and do their offering, and then our worship pastor tells everybody to sit down. I come out, we'll, I preach, and then we'll do some ministry. And then every time, every at the end of every service, I, I give people an opportunity to give their life to Jesus. And uh, we have not had one service where someone did not respond. Wow! Yet. And so we just, and, and my language is this, I want to, I want to honor the gospel of Jesus Christ here. If you want to give your life to Jesus, raise your hand. And that's, it's, it's that simple. Um, I, I did get some pushback at, at, at first, just from, you know, some kind of different mindsets, you know, they don't come forward. It's, 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 uh, you know, they said, you got to call them forward so they can take a step out. And my response to them, I said, I would encourage you 
to take the response of the angels that are in heaven and celebrate. They are not condemning that someone didn't walk forward. They're celebrating that one has given their life to Jesus. So then that's just how we do it every, every Sunday. So it creates a pattern, but then also what that does for our people, they know that I can bring my friend who doesn't know Jesus, and they will have an opportunity to respond. So it's not like, hey, this is bring your friend Sunday. We're going to give people a chance to get saved. This is every Sunday is a chance for anybody to get saved because it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So um, we, we do our best to do that, and uh, it's full of life. We have uh, really proud. We have a, a homemade donut machine that makes donut donuts on Sunday morning. <laughs> what the uh, airfare air fare looks like? Uh, I'm, in, I'm in need of a donut. Brother, I'm telling right you, now. our church has grown <laughs> because of the donuts. <laughs> All right, but I'm putting that on the budget for next year. <laughs> It's great. It's great. We give donuts and we give them out on special days. But um, you we know, used to fun. give away apple pies. You remember that? Yeah, for the we visitors, to, whole yeah. apple pies. What? Hey, yeah. yeah. Now they get some. How, old, how long ago was that? And, yeah. I don't. You were in children's church. Yeah. yeah. So I missed that. Yeah, that was, was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Your family has You've never, never been, been a visitor, a visitor here. here. Yeah. Your family. I don't remember ever seeing an apple pie anywhere. So James church. is Pastor Ron's grandson. Great. great. So yeah. he's yeah. he's Wonderful. born here. Yeah. Great. great. And nobody's yeah. offered me a pie. <laughs> we'll get you a pie. We'll get you a pie after service. So so do I have teams set up for the ones that give their life to the Lord? Maybe to go. Read them and stuff. Uh, yeah, so what we do is they have a, we do it two ways. They can fill out the card right in front of them. When they leave, there's some white buckets in the back that you can drop in there. And then also the same card that, that they would fill out and say, give my life to Jesus. We then say, hey, listen, if you have a prayer request, write it on that card and drop it in the bucket as well. I do that purposely so those dropping something in the bucket aren't the aren't those who are just getting saved. It's, yeah. it's the, It kind of di- uh-huh. dilutes that a little yeah, yeah. bit so it's not, oh, I know who you are. Um, so they do that, or there's a, a number. If you gave your life to Jesus, text SAVED to the number on the screen so they can do that. Or you can get on faith.church and, and click Gave My Life to Jesus. And so all of that leads to one place. And so we have people take one step. So we say, listen, if you're new here to the church, um, your one step is is this this step. And we called it Growth Track, which we ripped it off from somebody else because I liked it. So let's gro- Growth Track. But it, we do it differently because... Um, that is the first step. If you want to know how to be more involved here, growth track. If you gave your life to Jesus, growth track. It's in growth track. We then there's two tracks. Then you go through our membership or you go to our discipleship. And so that's it's the two tracks. But the one step is growth track. So everybody goes to the one step. You get to see each other. Then they go down their separate paths. Wow, that's good. I know there's a lot of different leaders that listen to this. Is really going to help them. Um, what about how, how do you? Um, Get the message out as far as what what the church is doing because I didn't hear anything about announcements or yeah. I mean y'all just really rely on the social media type mm-hmm. stuff yeah, and we maybe do. an app or something yeah we do we we uh, we kind of eliminated in service announcements so we do pre service through video pre service announcements um, we do post service announcements but we we really run everything through our app and, uh, and that's where we want and that's been that's been hard to push things that way uh, but it's eliminated kind of the the white noise of the announcements and so we've driven now everybody if you want to know what's going on you got to get on the app and figure out like hey what's happening in our faith student ministries oh that's what's going on tonight and so it's it's helped move people away from the 
what we would call the talking head, which is nothing wrong with it. You need a talking head in service. Hey, this is what's going on. Don't forget about this. You have to have that sometimes. But it just uh, helps clean the service up. Helps really for me. It's very really important for me the flow of the spirit. I, I want to want to move from from worship and to offering and to message and to salvation and to ministry. I don't want there to be a little gap there because yeah. of an announcement about you know a, 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 a women's swap and shop or something. You know, I just want to be. I want I want to stay really tight there. I know. He did announcements for a long time, filmed them and did all yeah. that. I'd done it for a long time. And you could, no matter how nice you did them and how great they turned out after church, they're like, hey, Pastor David, what are we doing? I'm just like, I just spent five hours this week putting that up there <laughs> yeah. for y'all to hear. And you're still asking me these questions. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. kind of went away with them, did yeah. away with them too. Well, another thing, we do a weekly email. So a weekly email goes out to everybody that has the announcements in it. So it's we hit them on Sunday, then we hit them with the weekly email, um, and so it just helps keep everything connected and, right. and kind of stays before that. I mean, it, you know, it takes more work if you're going to do it. If you want to, if you want to remove it from the service, it takes more work. But right. it, over time, I think it's going to serve us. Right, and then I, y'all got somebody that's kind of rounding that up—the social media yeah. announcement, yeah, yeah. all that stuff that yep. sends it out. Yeah, yeah, we we do, we do all that, and uh, our we have a person over communication that handles communication. For right, that. very yeah. good. Um, before we before we get out of here. Um, the pastor that's out there that's thinking about all these different things we're talking about, he, you know, maybe he's stepped into a position like mm-hmm. you and there's some changes that need, uh, need to be made. Maybe there's some things that he's not facing directly, you know, speaking to his life right now. Yeah. I think the most important thing when you step into the ministry is to not focus on those who are, who are not there to receive your ministry. So if you were to focus on one area on a Sunday morning, Lord, I'm here to minister to those who are here to receive my ministry. And if you focus on building those who want to receive your ministry, these decisions you're going to need to make are going to be for the purpose of those people who are with you, not for the purpose of those people who who don't like you. Um, And when you step and start leading a ministry, the hardest thing to protect is your heart. There's just no doubt about it. You get criticism. You're you're like pouring your heart out. Your family's pouring their heart out, and they're like, "Well, how come you don't do this anymore? Why are you this?" And I don't agree with you there. And you can focus on that, but really, that produces no fruit. What 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 really produces fruit is to speak into the lives of those who are with you, who are there to receive your ministry. You're still called to love those who are not, but over time, over time. Those people who are with you outnumber those who are not with you, and then whose church is it then? It's it is those who we are all moving the same direction. Once if you focus on that, it'll 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 help you to be able to make these other decisions. But as far as decisions go, I would say one decision at a time. If you make one right decision at a time, over time, they will make a big difference. One decision, not seven, not ten. What's the one thing we can do that can help us move towards the direction we want to go? Do that. And then celebrate it, and then make another one. And then over time, you're going to be where you want to be. Very good. Do you rip the Band-Aid, or do you inch it over? Um, it depends. It depends. If, yeah. it needs, if it needs to be ripped, you rip it. If it needs to be you know, pushed slowly, it's, it depends on whatever that is. Um, you, have to, you, you always want to minimize collateral um, damage. You know what's going to happen. Like, it's going to happen. You want to minimize it. So to not care about it is not the heart of a pastor. You have to you have to know it's going to happen. 
we need to make sure we do our best to minimize it. And you do that through communication, do that, do that through difficult conversations. You do that through honoring people you need to honor. It's just, you, you, go, you just kind of draw like a matrix. Okay, before we do this one thing, we got to do these 37 things, but make sure we do them right, and then let's make this decision. That way you can stand before God and say, Lord, we, we did it to honor you and to, and to be pastors of your, of your flock. Very good, very good. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for your service. Oh, man. Love you all. Really appreciate being here. Thanks yeah. for letting me hang with you. Hey, yeah. Before we wrap up, I want to know about this Kingdom Ninja shirt that you're wearing. Yeah, I bought it in your lobby. Oh, is it from, uh, what's his name? <laughs> yeah, it's from Daniel. Daniel. Gill. Daniel uh, yeah, are they yeah, coming on? Daniel Gill. Or tonight. Are they, they are going to get to? Or no? I think they're or going to just, just, just share a little testimony real quick. Um, That's what we need. Yeah, so I'm yeah. looking forward. to I bought to it for it. my son because he loves American Ninja Warrior. So you wore it first, and so I bought it, and yeah. I was then I, I was like, man, I like the way that feels. So I, then I wore it this morning. <laughs> I'm not gonna go back to the table again. That's right. Yeah, I'm not even gonna wash it before I give it to my son. He's just gonna. <laughs> oh, very good. Thank you for service. Thanks for coming out. Great, great Appreciate word that you, you've left us with, and uh, have safe travels back Thank home. You, and uh, I know God's going to continue to do some amazing Amen. things in your life. Bless Appreciate you, guys. you coming out. Yeah, bless y'all. Appreciate you. All right. We love you. This is The Refuge Project.